Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast, brought to you by HarperCollins Publishers. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love It's Lainey from the Library Love Fest marketing team. We're so glad you're back. And on this episode of Editors Unedited, we're very excited to welcome back our, our seasoned guest, Lucia Macro, who is an executive editor um, for William Morrow and Avon. And she's going to give us a little update on some titles she has coming. Um, last time we did a roundup and it went so well, so we're really excited to have her back. Hi, uh, I'm so excited to be back. I'm Lucia Macro. I am librarian's biggest fan and I also have my master's in information and library science from Pratt so I always joke you know I could leave you guys tomorrow and go work for a library <laughs> which um, you know you never know what could happen but right now I'm editing such a vast array of wonderful books and so I picked some mostly from my personal list um, and that I thought would be interesting to you all and I'll talk a little bit about them and then I'm gonna um, add in my brilliant ideas or maybe not so brilliant ideas about how they might fit in your collections or what patrons might like them. So here goes. So what I'm going to have today is I'm going to have some history, some satire, some pets, and some romance novels. Um, so I'm going to start with the history. This is a historical novel. It's called The Queen's Secret, and it's by Karen Harper. And some of you might know Karen Harper because she's written a number of historical novels. She also writes in the suspense world, but this is definitely a historical novel, and it is about the queen mother. So this is the mother of the current queen. And you know what's so amazing about the queen mother is she was interesting. The, um, Hitler actually called her the most dangerous woman in Europe. And she her said of herself, um, I'm not as nice as people think I am, which I always thought was a fascinating um, comment on oneself, especially since her, her kind of public image was the country's mother. She was warm, she was smiley, she always wore the big hats, um, but she had a core of steel and she had quite a life. This book primarily takes place during World War II, so great for all the World War II fans out there, great for all the royal fans out there. This talks about her time during the war, how she galvanized London during the Blitz, uh, but also it talks about her relationship with the Duke and Duchess of Windsor, which might get be a little intricate, but your royal fans will know all about that, and how she really hated them. <laughs> and she really was not as nice as people thought she was, but she was a complicated, interesting person. This is great for fans if people come in and say, I read Kate Quinn, or I read Jennifer Robeson, what else would, would you recommend? They can de You could definitely recommend The Queen's Secret. Also, The Crown apparently is coming back on television in November, so I don't know if anybody does any kind of displays, like royal displays, or viewing shows, or anything like that. This would be perfect for any kind of display like that. So there are a lot of, and also perfect for any World War II. I think, I mean, there's a real interest right now in World War II fiction, and this also fits right into that. So it kind of has a lot of different aspects um, in terms of what you might recommend or how you can use it for your patrons. And it's also just beautifully researched. So 
um, the, those people who are kind of picky about the research, Karen does terrific research. So, so that's The Queen's Secret. That's by Karen Harper. So, and that's my history for the day. My satire for the day is a novel that I'm personally really in love with, and it's called Little Wonders. And it's by a fairly new author named Kate Rorick, which is a mouthful, but it's R-O-R-I-C-K. And this is, if you have fans who love um, books like Small Admissions by Amy Popel or um, even Big Little Lies, but without the murder part, but sort of the social satire, crazy mommies, small town goings on, this is perfect. It takes place in a posh New England preschool. The preschool is called Little Wonders because all the parents think that their children are little wonders. And it it has also this really fun hook, which is there's a mommy meltdown during the Halloween parade, and it's caught um, on video. And it, well, it's not even called video on my show, so old I am. But it's caught, and it, it gets sent virally on YouTube. And one of the mummies in Little Wonders becomes known as Halloween Mom, and she, go, she goes viral, and she's embarrassed. And so there's scandalous small-town shenanigans. There's the nuttiness of private preschools. I think... If you have fans who love people like Courtney Sullivan, or as I said, Leanne Moriarty, or even Where'd You Go Bernadette, who has kind of an element of that, I think they will love Little Wonders. It's so, so, so smart and funny, but not inaccessible. Easy page turning, fun read. So again, Little Wonders by Kate Warwick. Um, so that was my satire, My Pets. Annie England Noblin has written uh, books like Sit, Stay, Speak, and she is like the, I feel like she's the dog queen of all authors, but this is called The St. Francis Home for Unwanted Pets, and I can't show you the cover, and I wish I could because it's got the cutest dog on the cover, um, and really that that alone will sell the book, but this is, this is about a young woman. She kind of discovers that her mother wasn't who she thought it was, she was. She had been adopted. She's in her 20s. And her life is kind of falling apart, and she inherits a home, a home, house from her birth mother. So she goes off to this small town, and what's waiting for her is a house, a beat-up car, and a new dog. Well, kind of an old dog, but so she she takes them all in, and she learns um, she learns a lot about herself, and she learns about life in the small town, and she learns a lot about pets. There's a lot of cats and dogs. And there's also a group of women who get together and knit. And she discovers that they don't just knit, they actually um, help women in distress. So this is just, the thing with Annie's books is they can take kind of serious subjects, but everybody in the book is kind and nice. And there's so much great like friendship and I just call it like kindness empowerment. And I think we need a lot of that right now in the world. I think that if you have authors also who love, um, I call it kind of crafting fiction. So Debbie Maycomber, Marie Bostwick, those are the two that are coming to mind. So if you do any kind of, you know, front of library displays like books about knitting or fiction about crafts or even, even quilting, knitting, crocheting. So this fits right into that because the people, the women in the book, they sit around and they knit. Also, in the back of the book, Annie included um, knitting patterns of a dog coat and a cat scarf. So totally irresistible. Uh, Annie, I also often recommend for YA crossover. Um, the books, they, they deal with a little bit 
serious subjects, but certainly I've read YA books where they're way, way darker. And in terms of the level of sensuality, it's, it, there is none. I mean, so it's very not super sexy. So I think that for any young adult readers, you know, like if their mother is standing there, you can totally recommend these books. Um, so that is, again, The St. Francis Society for Wayward Pets by Annie England Noblin, N-O-B-L-I-N. And it's got everything that, that anyone would need in terms of Female friendship, dogs, cats, knitting. It's, you know, you can't go wrong. And then the other two books I want to talk about. So the one thing I know about librarians is librarians are amazing supporters of the romance genre. And I came up, my roots are in romance. I've edited a lot of romance novels and proudly so. It's a genre I, I really adore. So what I wanted to do was talk about... Um, two books that are coming out. Um, the first is called Girl Gone Viral. And this is by Alicia Rye. And Alicia is just, I, I think of her as one of, you know, it's contemporary romance. It is about um, a, a woman, a, a young woman, she doesn't really like the spotlight and accidentally, again, there's the thing about accidentally going viral. Her tweets go viral and it's this conversation with a stranger and then, you know, romantic complications ensue. Let's put it that way. The great thing about Alicia is, um, you know, the books are so wonderful, so well-reviewed, and they're so fun. And if you also are looking for um, diversity, perfect. Um, books with YA crossover, again, um, for older young adults, I would say this would be fine. And totally recommend Girl Gone Viral. It, it's it's so delightful. And then on the historical romance front, I just want to give Megan Frampton a shout out for Never Kiss a Duke. Um, this is right to the heart of the marketplace. So for your fans who might come in and like, you know, the, there are superstars in this genre, like Lisa Kleypas and Eloisa James and Mary Balog. So if fans are coming in and, and like those books, but they've sort of read every Lisa Kleypas there that they can get their hands on and they want somebody new or they're just looking for a new author, try Megan Frampton, Never Kiss a Duke. Um, it's got all, it's got, you know, sassy heroine, there's a Duke. It's kind of sexy. It's very, very, very witty. So it really is to that Julia Quinn, Eloisa James kind of market. And again, you can't go wrong with love. <laughs> and this one is on sale January 28th, 2020. So Megan um, Frampton, Never Kiss a Duke, don't miss it. So that for me is my, I guess we call it winter here roundup. Thanks for coming on. We really enjoy it every time you're here. Thank you. Do you have any questions about any of the books or anything? <sighs> It's possible it's, not. You did such a good job. Oh, <laughs> I think it's wonderful that you like can combine the like if you do this kind of display or like yeah. if you have someone doing readers advisory. That was my favorite part of library college. <laughs> <laughs> do you have um do you have a display you remember that was just like wacky or fun or your I favorite? did I did um I did a whole program. Um well I did two programs. One was about uh, of course, these are all theoretical programs. One was actually about the Merchant House Museum, so which is this museum downtown, and it's eight, you know 1800s museum, but it had ghosts. So I did like this whole ghost hunting, Ooh. and I did ghost hunting like so. I had ghost hunting books. I did like um, kind of like a ghost walk through the house. So that was really fun. So that was less like what would be in a library, and more if you worked um, at a museum library or you did museum work. That was that was really a high point for me um, that I really loved. And my two favorite classes, one was Reader's Advisory, which was um, 
Um, and I did a lot of young adult readers advisory, which was really fun mm. and uh, and really interesting because um, I edit in the adult space, but I always loved young adult books, but I had kind of gotten a habit of reading them and so much great, amazing stuff was just yeah. coming up through that young adult world. And I thought that the young adult world, even a few years ago when I was in college, they were making such great strides in terms of diversity and they sort of were miles ahead, frankly, of the adult side right. of things. And I don't know, maybe I should admit that, but I don't think that that's a secret. Yeah. The other, the other um, um, class that I adored was collection development. Oh yeah. I loved collection development. And I felt that that was where my editorial skills were most applicable. I sort of thought, as an editor, sort of has to do their own, make their own list or, right. you know, a list within the larger, like your personal list within the larger corporate list. So collection development and collection development was also very much thinking about who your, in, in essence, who your market was. So, right. so what town were you in and what did they like to read and what, you know, maybe, you know, you sort of have to collect, you have to collect broadly because you don't want to self-censor, but you right. also have to keep in mind, you know, maybe local interest or what people were coming in and looking for. Yeah. So if you have a lot of, I'll, I'll use romance again, if you have a lot of people coming in and asking for romance novels and you don't have a big romance collection, you know, it's worth it to think about, like, how right. can we maybe take some, and it's all about funding, so budgeting. That's also budget. true. I know, and they're, yeah. and the budgets are small. So if we, Sometimes. so we're selling a lot of books to collection development right. librarians. Is there something from your side, you're like, keep this in mind when you're you're presenting books to them, like something they're looking for. I guess, like regional I think of regional, things are great. I think of regional, I think of, um, yeah, so I think of regional and I think of demographic. And what was interesting is when I did my, my, my project, which again was very theoretical, so you could sort of, you know, like you could make your own budget. Like I have a budget of X, <laughs> which you may not get in real life. Um, so what I did was I actually picked. It was um, it was pretty narrow. I act. I actually picked um, a Native Alaskan community in Alaska, which was a small community that had a tiny library, and they actually did have a budget. This place I'd visited, yeah. and I became very interested in, you know, I got to know some of the people there, and I just thought if I was plopped down there, and I was the librarian of this small town in Alaska, and, and a, a town that's primarily um, tribal, um, and I'm like this white lady who comes in, you know, <laughs> what would I do? And, right. and, and, and how would I approach it, and what would I, what would I, collect for them? What would they be interested in? So you sort of, I sort of had to think about, um, you know, what were just sort of the broader general things, like you would want big bestsellers, you might want things that would support general kind of educational for the yeah. young people, but you also might want to try and get um, the very elusive um, fiction that mm -hmm. pertains to Native Alaskan or even Native in American Indian causes exactly. or situations. And, and there, there's not a lot of it. Yeah, that, that's accurate, and that um, that you you might want to bring into a library like that. Yeah, because a lot of it's so wrong. Right, <laughs> right. right. So you and want... that was hard to find too. Like that was hard to de determine too. So yeah, it was interesting. So you want like a side of big books that they're going to see and they're yeah. going to come in and get, but also things that they can know yeah, so and want, don't like, know about. Don't know about. But you also want you know because people are people, and you want the New York Times bestsellers. Or, you know, they want to come in and read the newest right. Nora Roberts or whatever because that kind of stuff is universal. But I also felt like you would want books, you know, people want to read books about people who are like them. And yeah. how would you find that? 
and how would you go yeah. about doing it? That's, that was a super, and that was that was maybe one of my favorite awesome. projects. Yeah, yeah, that's one of our goals of like I you know. need to know about this, but you're gonna want to yeah, know about this. Know about so this. that's really great to hear yeah. more about it. So so really so when I'm presenting for you know this podcast, I just try and think of you know if I were just you know it's you know you want to be kind of broad strokes. Um, I just think if I were a librarian and sort of like. A mid-level city or a bigger town, you know, what kind yeah. of fun little displays or whatever could I do or what might people like. So. It's so funny you say that because I was just in Alaska this oh summer God. and I went to Juneau and I was oh, like, I, I loved Juneau. my That's, first yeah. thing is the library. It's right off the they dock. They a great library. And I got this bookmark and I, so I try to collect them where I go, but it was right. so great that it was from the library and they had a contest for kids to draw and it's just the sweetest cutest thing and it was just free and yep. it's my favorite one and I'll try to put it up on the blog yeah. for everybody listening because it's so it's so funny I like, know and what was amazing to me was there are these communities um you know I, I, I I'll pick on a lot not pick on Alaska but because I went there there are communities that are really super small like a hundred people yeah. and they have a library it was a nice library oh did you know Alaska, the I mean, Alaska library is really nice I've yeah. been there yeah it's, really great. it's a great library um and the Ketchikan Library also. So it was there, but I didn't get to go to the library. Yeah, you get to go to the library to. next time. <laughs> I know, next time. Yeah. So it's always amazing to me. You know, I, I often when I would travel, that's kind of the first place I'd want to look at is the library. Yeah. You go to these tiny towns. And they draw me in. I, I, I wonder why. But, I wonder why. <laughs> but you know, they like, draw I, me I, in. Like when I was like I drove cross country, and I remember me. I don't remember where, but it was Montana. I was like, look, the library. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes. It's, a, it's also nice because it is such a community center, so you can see their displays yes. and see what they're interested in. Yes. So you get more of just, it's not a bookstore where it's they're selling not a books. It's not a bookstore. It really is a community them. center. And I think that yeah. people, I, I, you know, it's easy to lose sight of that, I think, um, especially for politicians. <laughs> um, right. um, and I'm not picking on any, any one group of politicians. I'm just, I just think it's so easy, um, you know, like what gets cut, the library yeah. often gets cut, but it, it they really are community centers, and yeah. um, I'm always impressed by not only like how many programs are going on and often on a shoestring budget, yeah. and, but then how many people show up. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. I know I, I went on and on about no. collection development. <laughs> no, it's very important, and people are listening for this. Fun, yes. So once more, the books I talked about um, with. With on-sale dates this time, The Queen's Secret by Karen Harper goes on sale in May of 2020. Little Wonders by Kate Rorick goes on sale uh, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, 2020. The St. Francis Home for Wayward Pets by Annie England Noblin goes on sale January 14th, 2020. Girl Gone Viral by Alicia Rye goes on sale April 21st, 2020. And Never Kiss a Duke by Megan Frampton goes on sale January 28th, 2020. And again, thank you so much. And thank you, librarians, for your support of sounds crazy books in general right and fiction and just doing all the work in your communities i know librarians work so hard and um i always say that when i was a teenager my life was saved by the library because i could go there all afternoon and read books and learn a lot more actually from the books I read and the exploration I got to do in the library than frankly I ever learned in high school. 
And I always say libraries got me into college. So thank you very much. And until next time, this is Lucia Macro, executive editor for William Morrow. Uh, thanks for letting me talk about my winter. <laughs> thank you.